Frontline indie journalism from the global cell to you. Pirate Wire Radio. Transmission initiating in 3, 2, 1. Piracy commencing. Pirate Wire Radio. Pirate Wire Radio. I'm Joshua Collins, and this week we're talking about the biggest protests in Colombian history. This week is the year anniversary of a national strike in Colombia that paralyzed major cities and ports across the country, and which prompted a brutal police crackdown, which left scores dead and thousands arrested, many illegally and arbitrarily, according to investigators. The protests were initially sparked by proposed reforms to healthcare, pensions, and tax rates, but were also attended by supporters of Colombia's 2016 peace deal, environmentalists, and government critics. Daniela and I both reported from the strike in multiple cities for over three months, daily on the streets, on the ground. And in that time, we saw fierce riots. We saw police attack peaceful protesters. We saw moments of awe-inspiring courage as well as intense violence. We also got more than our fill of tear gas and running from uh, random beatings from police. That sounds like a joke, but it's not. The videos that emerged of armed police attacking predominantly poor neighborhoods, especially in Cali, which was an epicenter for much of the violence, shocked the nation. But they didn't deter turnout. As police continued their heavy-handed attacks, the ranks of protesters continued to grow, and international attention soon followed. The numbers of those killed vary depending on who you ask, but Timblers, a police watchdog here in Colombia, report that more than 80 people were killed during the national strike, the majority at the hands of police. 82 protesters also lost the use of their eyes, as riot police often misused riot munitions, firing directly into crowds with weaponry, or beating suspects viciously. Many mothers whose sons took to the streets never saw their sons again. Nicolas Guerrero was one of those sons. We spoke with his mother, Laura, a year later to hear her thoughts. One year after the national strike, my life has changed in many ways. As I experienced firsthand as a family member of one of the victims of violence, many have been permanently injured, mutilated or wounded in one way or another. In my case, I'm left with a little girl who has no father. He left a widow too. The damage to our household has been enormous. It's irreparable. But I've tried to summon the strength through love to bring these emotions out into the light, to hug other mums of victims, who feel the same grief, the same pain, the same loss that brings us all together. 
As the mother of Nicolás, an artist and a brilliant man, my demand is justice. Hello everyone, I'm Daniela, and yes, during the national strike, Joshua and I, covering for Vice World News on black sites in Cali, where protesters were illegally detained. One of the victims, Alvaro Herrera, was forced to flee the country due to threats against him for speaking out. It is a story that has been repeated many times for many of those who participated in the protests and who later fled to exile. On this anniversary, we spoke with another exile, a leader of a humanitarian group at Parque de los Héroes, which was a plaza that became a main focal point for protests in Bogota. With flowers from her own nursery, she performed peaceful theatrical demonstrations as part of the protests uh, targeting repression. But she has since fled the country due to threats against her life. She asked that her real name be withheld, so we'll refer to her as Flores. And what does Flores think a year later of the Paro Nacional? One year after the national strike, my life has changed 100% because I went out to protest on the streets. For using my profession to show that I was a mediator of peace, I've been persecuted, I've been stalked. I've been one of countless many on the list who have pursued and persecuted for making themselves seen. My life changed so much that I had to abandon my country, abandon my people, abandon my motherland. You can't imagine how difficult it is to learn to live in a different culture when you love your own culture so much and just want to be back. One year later, my demands haven't changed, though. I still hear and see the people that continue fighting for the cause in the streets. The prosecutor's office said earlier this week that it had opened 625 criminal investigations in relation to last year's strike. Only 19 of these investigations seek to clarify the mass killings of protesters. Three police have been formally charged with crimes related to the national strike, and zero have been convicted. Compared to the thousands of arrests, which continue to this day, the vast majority without any charges, that figure is staggering. One special target of police ire are the Primera Linea protesters. The government routinely describes them as a criminal terrorist organization, but to call them an organization at all is highly misleading. The name just means front line. So if you ever stood near a protest that became violent, as many protests did, the government may well consider you Primera Linea. Unfounded accusations swirled during the strike that the Primera Linea was, found, was funded by Venezuela, funded by guerrilla groups, even funded by Russia. But the truth was much simpler. Youth, especially those from poor socioeconomic backgrounds, were demanding change, and they were highly represented in the ranks of the protest movement. To talk a bit more about that, we spoke with Sebastian Caballero, who is a pro bono defense lawyer for a lot of these groups in Cali, which was in many ways the epicenter of police brutality and violent crackdowns. Our time in Cali was shocking. At night, there were live bullets being used against protesters at multiple sites, multiple evenings. And a lot of them, protesters from that that epicenter from those protest centers are now facing terrorism charges before the state. 
Having carried out an exhaustive investigation of the entire process from the victim's point of view, the first thing, in my opinion, is that the state must carry out an exercise of recognition of what has happened because there has been an intention to deny reality, to deny facts, and to deny unjustifiable acts. With this recognition, the state must also request forgiveness from all of Colombian society because the state has committed acts of terrorism, reprehensible criminal acts. These acts are not compatible with the mission of a democratic society. Protests yesterday in Colombia marking the year anniversary of the strike were met in much the same way that protests during the strike were met with police aggression. Meanwhile, elections are just around the corner. For now, a lot of this social momentum has been channeled into electoralism, but that could easily change depending on the outcome of the election. The government likes to paint these protests as an isolated event that was fomented by extremist groups and outside influence, but that's just not the case. There was a point a few weeks into the national strike last year when the protesters had an over 80% approval rating among the general public. And furthermore, they're not an isolated incident. We saw a very similar movement in 2019 when the city of Bogota exploded into protest. The government ended up declaring a curfew that was imposed by the military and deployed armed soldiers on the streets to try and put it down. The current ruling party of Ivan Duque, Centro Democratico, has a history of preferring military and forceful police actions to resolve social problems. It is a pattern for them and is clearly not working. But that's all for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Once again, we are Pirate Wire Radio. I am Joshua Collins. Production this week was handled by Daniela Diaz. You can find us on Twitter at, at pirate underscore wire. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to hit up our Substack. We are independent journalism trying to survive in a complex world. And every donation counts. We have a plan that starts at just $5. A month. Once again, thank you so much. See you next week. See you next time. Gracias por escucharnos, piratas. Que no come de su autoridad. Y le hacemos fuerza a la semilla. Porque usted la trata de ilegal.